It never came through. Wow. It said you read it, bro. I don't have my red receipts on. You're a liar, bro. Look at that. Red. Dang, I need to turn that off. Yeah, you nerd. You got red on there. I never keep mine on. I want hoes knowing if I read that shit or not. Ah, all right. So today we're going to talk about how me and Haley have been training partners and how Jason and Mal are training partners. And just kidding. That was for the bait. That was for the click. Haley oh. Sevon's wife. <laughs> the thumbnail person, dude. Haley Adams. Oh. Anyways, so what was I going to say? We're going to be talking about training partners. Um, one question that someone actually sent to me, which I kind of wanted to cover. You're kind of doing this already. So you you had that like uh, bench, that series of benchmark workouts come out that you're testing. You tested a couple weeks ago or maybe a month or two ago, and you're about to – you're going to test them at another point in time. Do you have a filter on, dude? Some no. sort of beautification what? filter on? <laughs> Why? JR has a beautification filter on, dude. Because you just look like uh, – you look uncharacteristically beautiful today. Oh, thank you. I'm using my phone and not my laptop. Maybe that's why. That Oh, 100%, dude. The iPhone puts an automatic beautification filter on your eyes. You have a beautification filter on. I'm not even fucking with you. <laughs> so be oh. it. Uh, yeah, so we – we used to do a thing called the crazy eight at the old gym. And I think it was just a good way for people to, I don't know, be a little bit more motivated with daily training because they knew that in six months, we were going to retest those to see where we're at. It's just ones that I made up. Uh, I think I used like DT in the original one. So mm -hmm. the one that we just did, I did like a, a double DT variation, but smaller chunks. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's just something that, I came up with that I started again to keep people a little bit more engaged. So in six months, they'll redo the same test. I will not train. I will not program towards those tests. That's a big part of it. Cause a lot of people are right. like, are you going to make sure that we do better on these? And I was like, what do you mean? Am I going to make sure that you better be like, you know, like, are you going to program like DT style workouts every week? So that said, no, absolutely not. You're going to get better at them because you're going to do CrossFit and that's why you're going to get better at them. Um, this fucking nerd right here dude i have a stroke bryson will be like hey i got this workout i'm gonna do this workout tomorrow and uh he'll be like i've done it three times before i'll be like you're not doing that fucking workout again <laughs> i have a stroke yeah. i do i like repeats but i am like not i am not a test and retest guy like i, right, I never like we never we, we do not do girl or otherwise type benchmark workouts a lot like we, we don't do a lot of tests and retests and that's probably my fault um because it's really not core to the crossfit methodology as far as repeatable goes mm. but um every now and then like in this case something like what i did for the gym i, I think is okay to do and there are people that are very added about testing every benchmark once or twice a year you know what i mean and that's just not what i do yeah i don't like i don't like testing and retesting that frequently i do do it but not with the frequency that some programs do um so the reason i asked that one i was curious about that because a guy sent me a message he was like hey 
I've been kicking around the idea. And by the way, if you got a topic you want you want us to cover, send us a message. We'll try to cover the topic. For example, this today. This is kind of off the cuff. We're going to talk about some other shit after this. But I wanted to bring this up because it's an interesting question. Um, hey, I've been kicking around the idea for years of running an annual competition for my affiliate where the workouts are the same each year so members can actually track progress year on year. We'd love to know your thoughts on if you were to program a one or two day comp um, for RX athletes made from primarily benchmarks or known CrossFit staples. What would you program, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think long story short for me, I don't like that because I think it would give people the incentive to train in a box. I know I'm going to test these five things. I'm going to hammer these five things that I improve in that. I think what you should be chasing in CrossFit is like you need to be chasing variants in the unknown unknowable, in my opinion. I like to train that way. The other day, me and Bryson did our class workout. It was with a 20-minute cap. I sent it to you. It was 50 barbell mm. box step-ups to a 20-inch box, 75-pound bar. Hold it wherever you want. 50 strict press, 50 GHD, 50 hang power snatch, 50 double under, two rounds, 20 minute cap. And I had you suffer to finish the in, in under the cap. Um, and it was such it was a stimulus that was unique and that I had not felt in a long time. And I remember talking to Bryson and being like, hey, we need to be chasing that unique stimulus that we don't get very often because that's where you're going to get the most adaptation. You're going to get the most adaptation from a stimulus that you're not used to. And when you train yourself in a box, say, okay, you run this yearly comp and it's always going to be grace, 30 muscle ups for time, the CrossFit total and a 5k run. If you're only training those things, sure, you're going to get super fit training with that breadth of fitness regardless, but you're still putting yourself in a box and I don't think you should be. So that's why I don't like that. And that's why I love the open and semifinals and the games and quarterfinals because to a degree, it's always different. And they do a really good job of always putting something out that's like, holy shit, that's a stimulus I haven't felt before. And that's what you should be chasing in CrossFit, in my opinion. In your fitness, you should be chasing the untapped, unique, never before felt stimulus, the stimuli. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because when you first read it, I the first thought that came to mind was that I really like that for mm -hmm. your members. I like the idea of competing against other people, but you're more so going to be drawn to compete against your previous time, which is also right. an interesting concept. So if I, I would say that, Jim Owner, if, if that's what members seem to think would like push them in their own training, do it. What I think would be really central as far as the the reasoning behind it is, hey, we don't have to go out and run a 5K once a month. We don't have to do it once a week. But if I train you guys long, if I train you guys short, if I train you guys medium, if we run short, if we run long, if we run medium, if we do it with gymnastics, if we do it with weightlifting, if we do it on its own, if we do it with other machines – your 5k is going to continue to improve. And if it's like, if it's almost like a way to hold up the methodology, I think it would be a great idea, but I do understand what you're saying as far I, as and, it, um, uh, almost pigeonholing the, the, right. the, the training a little bit more. I think if uh, the affiliate owner runs the competition and they are also in charge of the programming throughout the year and they don't inherently bias their programming for their gym towards that competition, I like it. Um, 
Yeah, and I'll be the first to admit it's kind of hard not to do that. Right. Um, like I, <laughs> I love for Crescendo to be something that the members look forward to doing the competition we do in April, because for a lot of them, that's the only time they compete throughout the year. Some, a lot of them don't sign up for the open. They mm -hmm. don't do competitions from the outside, but because they love to train and the gym's going to be closed three days, they might as well sign up. So I find myself trying to help them prepare for it a little bit more than I probably should. And I'll go to program something and be like, you can't do that. That's the same competition um, stimulus. So that's the same combination that they're using in that workout. So, you know, th they like to be surprised too. So if we're doing GHDs with wall ball every single week, then they're going to start nudging each other and being like, Hey, I bet there's a GHD wall ball workout for crescendo. Mm. I do not like to program benchmarks often. So that's, I think, the key thing here. I definitely put benchmarks on Sentinel. We for sure do benchmarks at the gym at CrossFit Charlotte. But it's not this, hey, I do this all the time. Once a week, we're going to have a benchmark that you test. No, I'm thinking like once every two months or once every month, you have a benchmark that where it's like, hey, the emphasis of this is measuring against your previous self. Um, maybe we repeat more frequently than that, but it's not with the intent that, hey, you should, the pressure is on to beat yourself. I, I don't need that pressure that frequently. And sometimes it just, it might not necessarily correlate. I might be having an off day. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, don't, I think uh, it's a balance. <laughs> yeah, I know we need to get into training partners, but one last thought hearing you say that. Uh, let's take your perennial semifinalist that you coach. Will you have them revisit last year's quarterfinal workouts so that you can see where they're at or so that you can show them, hey, this is a way to instill confidence. Like, look how much fitter you are at this movement. Mm -hmm. Even if it's a skill limiting thing, like uh, the crossover signal unders. Let's just say one of your athletes is really, really good didn't have that skill and kind of got caught with their pants down. Would you have them redo that workout just to show them, look, like you, you're ready, like you're, you're going to do well this year? I let them tell me if they want to repeat. I don't. I do not like to dictate repeats with that kind of pressure. Because what if it goes wrong on a day and they didn't ask for it, and I program it on a random day on a Wednesday, and they're fucking tired and beat up, and it goes worse? Mm -hmm. Then I'm like, you know, then their eyes get wide, and they're like, oh, we're fucked. I, so I don't like to force repeats in that regard, like that specific or that recent from last year's quarterfinals. I'll program old open workouts for sure. Um, but for an example, I had an athlete that asked for that wall-facing handstand push-up quarterfinal workout to be repeated. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, we're gave it to them. They fucking smashed it. And I think in that scenario, it's great because they want it. They're fucking like, I want to retest this. I'm feeling it, you know. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. So what else? Oh, okay. Um, this week, training partners. Next week, we're gonna be reviewing open workouts uh from years past um oh mason did it i put uh the other week you did this recently didn't you 18-1 or did you do intervals of it just intervals yeah i did a few weeks ago several weeks ago so at sentinel compete got it this past week maybe 62 can't remember um but a few weeks ago i did 19.3 rest mm. two minutes and then 18.1 it was fucking so dumb mm. so i gave it to compete that was just not not a mandatory rest between it was just two separate evolutions in that day which i thought was complimentary because one is so muscular fatigue limiting and the other is so just completely engine capacity based so it was two kind of 
Um, and I know you can just recall those, but a lot of people listening may not be able to, which are those two workouts? Okay. So 19.3, the muscular fatigue or muscle stamina limiting workout is the four time with the 10 minute cap, 200 foot single arm dumbbell overhead lunge, 50 box step ups with that single dumbbell, 50 strict handstand pushups, 200 foot handstand walk. Mm -hmm. Um, then, uh, 18.1 is the 20 minute AMRAP of eight toes to bar. 10 single arm hang clean and jerks, five each side. I thought I, I did it alternating when I repeated it and I, st I beat my old time by a bit. That's interesting. So, it's, it's slower for sure to alternate, alternate but, for sure. but back then it wasn't mandated. It was, it was five and five. I'm pretty sure. <sighs> maybe, maybe not. It's some places it's written five and five. I've seen. Um, I don't know what was mandated or if it was mandated, but I'm pretty sure I didn't alternate back then. And then 14 and 12 caliber. Yeah. 14 cows for guys, 12 for ladies. Um, yeah. but what's interesting about that workout is the one you're describing is it is a lot of shoulder tricep stamina and then grip stamina. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's cool that they're not super redundant. Like they're both. They're both very demanding muscularly, but different muscle groups, which is cool. Um, I finished that shit, bro. Fuck are you talking about? I didn't in 2019. In 2019, I ate dick. I'm pretty sure I like gave myself a fucking hernia in my neck because I fucking kicked up for the first handstand walk and just <laughs> fell. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Anyways, uh, that was we were talking about open workouts. Um, so we're gonna be covering them, basically saying. Does it still hold up? Does it not? We're going to move pretty quick from like 2011 to 2020, did, we, did I say, or whatever. Um, so we're going to move quick. And then if it does hold up, we'll be like, hey, this is why. Sick workout. Um, yeah, by hold up, basically we're saying that, it, and some of them already have been repeated, but we're just going to assume that, that they came up in 2024. We'll just go through and say, hey, does this workout still hold up? with the community, with the elite level, all that. And if it holds up, we'll kind of just put it to the side. We'll say why. And then the following week, we'll start to review, uh, preview Taylor versus the world. And we'll go through some of these workouts that we say, like for a lot of people, 16-2, 19-2 is going to hold hold up as like a great workout, regardless of if it's 2016 or 2036. So we'll go through and say, hey, Taylor, if you're doing this workout against Colton, do you, do you stand a chance? The answer would be right. no, not in that workout. But Which workout? Squat clean, toast bar double under. Oh, uh, power clean though. I'm clapping those well, booty cheeks. But it has to be squat clean in that workout. I'm so. just saying. Yes, that's a yeah. great workout. It's already been repeated twice though. But that's an example. Mm -hmm. That's an example. Yeah. Likewise, um, if we said twelve four or thirteen three, which is the one fifty ninety double under thirty muscle up came up, I would say, hey, Taylor's got an advantage against pretty much everybody in that workout because it ends with a set of 30 ring muscle ups. So that's a, that's kind of a preview of what we're, what we're looking at for the next couple of weeks. So it should be fun. Yeah. And then, Oh, this is the other thing in 2019, that workout, that hand sample strict hand, the 50 strict, I believe it was like a 36 by 40 inch box. Super Correct. easy standard. I did it to your a whole, 10 by your 30 whole hand inside. Right. I did it this time. I did it to the 10 by 30 inch. And still destroyed my 2019 score, so I was pretty happy with that. If it was the if it was that box, I think that's way easier than the 10 by 30 inch. You just put yourself at an angle and fucking bang it out. Um, okay, cool. Training partners. Um, at some point over the next few days, 
Jason, oh, Jason Hopper is about to drop his next YouTube video. Uh, we might be making another one this weekend. And if we do, we'll drop this most recent one from this weekend if we make it. And then he'll drop the next one. If not, he's going to drop this next one. And you guys are going to have a perfect example of why training partners can not be so great for each other sometimes. <laughs> uh, on... I'm going to start with the bad and then we'll, let's say we'll cover the good. I'll start with the bad from personal experience. Um, bad is it? Uh, maybe bad is not the right word. We'll start with why damage detrimental. detrimental. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, it's it maybe just in small doses. It's like a fucking hit of meth. Mm, no, not that. Just kidding. It's quite different. Um, last weekend I was a crash for the 65 roses, cystic fibrosis, fundraiser workout teams of three and i was on a team with bryson and one of my other athletes and jason was on a team with Lindsay lane and reagan hook and uh they finished one of these parts of the workouts before our team and we had 15 burby box jump overs less and i was left and i was doing the last 15 sprinting my heart out and jason is standing over top of me laughing like <laughs> you suck bro we're already done and meanwhile i'm in the middle of the last 15 burby box jump overs dying and in my mind i'm like you motherfucker if you don't shut the fuck up um and then we do another workout and i beat him or he's beating me and then i pass him in the workout and i jog past him but i go see ya and then uh we just continue to talk and shit then and, and then, and then you and then you asked me after did you go over the line did I go over the line? No, because I didn't just stop was, there. Was I too mean is what you said. Yeah. Was I too mean? Because I, I didn't stop there. I was like, see ya. And I passed him in the workout. And then I finished. And I start putting my stuff away. And I mocked him. And I was like, let's go, Jason. <laughs> and I did that. And I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Did I go too far? Probably. Um, me and Jason are unique in the sense that both of us are so aggressive and so forward and direct that we know that we can only take each other and like uh, the minimum effective dose, so to speak, once a week would be great. Um, because yeah, so that kind of, I mean, that's where the conversation probably needs to start. W what do we mean by training partner? Do we mean right. a daily, like day in, day out training partner, or do we need someone who, Hey, they're my training partner when I'm trying to get ready for something or when right. I feel like, Hey, I'm not getting the push that I need with the people I train with every day, because even if they scale loads or they scale reps to try to get the desired stimulus to push me, I don't see them as an equal. I don't mm -hmm. see them as a direct competitor. And every now and then I just need a race and I need yeah. to, yeah. I need to practice the skill of competing against someone who's as good or better than I am. I, I, right. I think in this scenario, me versus Jason, um, me saying we are equals would be a stretch. He's made the games three times. I haven't. Um, but there are a lot of things I could beat him on. And inversely, there are a shit ton of things that he can beat me on. So it's like any given workout, we are battling it out and we both like to hurt a lot. So that's, you know, another plus. Um, and we are both insanely competitive. So it's like, if I get beat by him, my feelings are getting hurt a little bit and vice versa. If I beat him, he's going to be pissed about it. And if that's our training environment every day, it's not going to be sustainable. Like there's going to be an eruption. We're going to get fucking heated at each other. We're going to blow up at each other, which has happened in the past. Um, so in small doses, like once a week, or once every two weeks, it's great. Like, I love it. I, I think that me being beaten by him, it's like nothing better for me. Um, it just, it helps me a ton. 
And also when he gets on me and starts shit talking when he's beating me, fuck, like maybe for some people that would be detrimental, but for me, it's like, it, it makes me so angry and I just want to go harder. Or when he talks shit, like, so like sometimes we'll talk shit before workouts and it goes both ways. Like sometimes I'll just say too much and it'll piss him off and he'll clap the fuck out of me or it'll be vice versa. Like he'll say too much and it doesn't matter what the workout is. It could be his wheelhouse and I'll destroy him because he fucking turned me on or whatever. And in that regard, it's super positive, but in the sense that like we would be at each other's throats all the time, not sustainable. Um, what I think would be sustainable is say you are at a particular level. Oh, let's put like Jason, you know, let's say Jason and like, uh, I don't know. He doesn't have any other male athletes that train with him a lot there. I, I would think if you're same sex and you're kind of in the same field of competing against one another, but one of you is really fucking good. And the other is like, just not there yet. I think that can also be a super powerful, uh, dynamic because you have somebody who can mentor someone who can learn a lot. And as long as that person is hungry to like chase, it doesn't matter if they modify from time to time, it can be a pretty sustainable training relationship where you're trying to help that person get better. And you're not really threatened by them. They're trying to chase you and trying to push you. Um, that can be sustainable. And of course I think male, female is sustainable, but I don't think if it's like me versus Jason every day, nah, I'm good. Yeah. So I think the question you have to ask yourself, like if you're someone that trains alone historically, let's just take someone at the highest level, someone like uh, Pat, right? He trains alone every day, every once in a while, maybe he trains with somebody, but I, but Dane and day out, he trains alone. He knows that works for him. You know, Brent's another one. They know that works for them. They can still get the maximum output. They can still reach their maximum potential, all that stuff. It's great. There are some people that just don't like that daily grind of being in the gym all alone. They want to be around people. They want to be able to cut up a little bit. They want to keep the mood light. They don't want to take it too seriously. So what do you want out of a training partner? Do you just want a warm body in the gym? If that's the case, you can grab anybody, just someone that yeah. will do a workout with you because it helps you to suffer and grind looking over and seeing someone else suffer. That's great. There are types of training partners though, right? Like you could just say pluses, minuses, and equals, right? So a minus is someone that you were describing earlier. They mm -hmm. will not beat you. It may be one out of a hundred workouts. That's like the most wheelhouse thing that, that you could program for them. That's your biggest weakness. You're going to lose to them. That's a Bryson true beat me in a workout, uh, Monday. And I still have rhabdo from it. I was going to say, so there are those, there are those training partners that they're just minuses. They're not on your level, but like you're saying, you can coach them a little bit. You can help them out. They'll give you that gratification of like watching someone else kind of progress along with you. And it's almost like a payback type thing, right? Like, Hey, I appreciate you training with me every day and burying yourself and getting buried by me. So because of that, I'm going to help you out and I'm going to teach you how to clean up your muscle ups or your handstand pushups or whatever. So a plus would be the opposite scenario. You're the person getting buried every day and mm -hmm. you're wanting to get so good that you want to train with someone who's just going to drill you. Taylor Wade was that for me for since I started doing CrossFit. I, I cannot tell you how much better I got just because I was so angry of how bad I used to get beat by him every yep. single day. And then you it's have an equal. And what, what people think is an equal is not that it's 50-50. It's just that like, hey, 
They're really, really fit. I'm really, really fit. I would look at someone who Jason has a relationship, like a Dallin, right? If they train together at Crash or they train together in Jacksonville, whatever, it's it's probably going to be close to a 50-50 split. It might be 55-45. It might be it might be he, one of them wins five in a row and then the other one loses eight in a row or whatever. But in general, it's going to be a wash. They can push each other when they lose. They're not going to lose by a large margin, all that kind of stuff. And I think an equal is what you don't want to train with right. a lot. You don't. Because usually an equal is someone you have to beat when it really matters. Yeah. Someone you have to beat when it really matters and it's just you – like it doesn't matter if I'm at, at a semifinal or in your fucking gym against Jason, I want to win just as badly. It's not about me going like to go and compete. It's not about like, Ooh, uh, this is a stretch. It's, it's honestly less about making the games and more about, I don't want to fucking lose to anyone in anything ever. And I, I know people that are like that and going against them in things every day is exhausting um do you think there's a point that you reach as an athlete like say for jason are there people that he could train with that is enough of a plus that it would be good for him or is he past that point in his career no no i think someone like i think what jason does and where he's gotten a lot more intelligent from a training aspect is he will use the people at his disposal. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a right, right. I know what you mean. He will, he will grab someone that's a random gym goer that's just the fastest handstand walker that he's ever seen in a workout that's predicated on how fast you can do the handstand walk. And he'll try to get them to do the workout. Or he'll grab the best puller in the gym. Or he'll get the person who's the best on the machines. Or he'll grab someone who's anthropometrically going to be able to beat him on burpees or handstand push-ups, like a Zach Strill. He'll get mm. Zach and be like, do this strict handstand push-up workout with me, knowing he probably can't beat him, but mm. that is going to maximize his time push. on that workout. Yeah. So I think that's really, really important. But knowing Jason, like all the guys he follows on Instagram who are his direct competitors, he mutes. Because he yeah. doesn't want to see what they're doing. Uh, he doesn't want that kind of stuff to get in his head. I think the answer to your question is no. I don't think at this point, if anyone said, hey, you want to start training together every day? I, I don't think I, I don't think it would be positive for him. I think it would. I right. think so over time, saying, it would just start to get in his head. Right. So you think, so what you're saying is there's probably no one in the world that's good enough to be enough of a plus for him where it's healthy. Yeah, because at that point, I think, those people that he may view in his mind as pluses, Should that would cool. just give him more doubt that he can't beat them. <laughs> right. <laughs> if right. if he if he was losing to them more than once or twice a year at a semifinal. Exactly. So I example when I first started to be trying to be competitive, I trained with Nathan Bramblett, who was a 2015 yep. games athlete at CrossFit Reston, and he was such a plus. And I remember this lesson that I learned on a power clean ring dip workout it was a variation of elizabeth and from the start he it was like power cleans front squats ring dips don't remember the workout specifically but he i was like all right i'm about to pace this a little bit you know three two one go and he fucking floored it and i had just never seen someone attack a workout from the start like that but i i learned a lot training with him and it made me so much better so fast because i learned what it meant to like try to beat someone in a workout rather than just get a good workout mm -hmm. 
Um, and that plus relationship is massive. I do think you reach a point as a, as a high level competitor where the plus is like, it's still not like we just said in Jason's case, there is not someone in the world who is so good, um, that it would be beneficial for him to train with them hundred percent of the time. Um, to answer this question, I want to answer it first. And then I want to see if you think my self-assessment is accurate. I think that I am very balanced, meaning I have really great training days. And then I also have really bad training days, which I think most people have. I have hard days. I think in competition, I've shown that if I know I'm going to do well, if I, if I can do well in an event, I can maximize that. But I also have instances where I've shown that I can make mistakes. Um, for example, Granite Games, I had some, I had a big mistake on the first workout. I like, I blew my load as like a, a you know, a rookie athlete, like learning, um, how to fucking run my own race rather than being a retard. And then I had events the rest of the weekend where I was like top five, which I could have done better, but I just was kind of walking through top fives. And then you go to Wadapalooza and I win an event, take a second in an event. I know that I can do well in those. Um, I would just say I'm pretty, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? I would say I'm just pretty balanced. I wouldn't say I'm either a training day or a competition day athlete. I just. Yeah, I, I would say that you're generally as good at both. And what I mean by that is I think it really stems from this. Do you like to train? You love to train. You love to bury yourself. You love to hurt. Usually people either are like that and they're not as great on game day or when it really matters is when they go to that gear that they really can't get themselves to do in training because it's just training. It's just practice. Um, they, they want to feel the adrenaline of the race. They want to feel the adrenaline of the crowd. They're, you know, they're, they're performers. And then there are people that really just love to do what they do. Yeah. And I would put you in the boat of people that more just love to do what they do. Yeah. But usually the thought of losing to someone gives you a little bit more intrinsic motivation. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mason sent me a workout and I totally forgot to do it. I did our class today, which I'll talk about briefly. It was a 15. I, I need to do this workout. Can you, uh, can you send it to me or put it in the comments and I'll bring it up. And so I can screenshot it again. I just, for, for, it was a nasty, it was a fucking like, a, he asked me if I could go sub 32 on it. That's what I remember. It was like something with a rest and then repeat run ski bike nasty workout <laughs> anyways workout i did today was class i saw it last night and i woke up and i was like man today's my rest day but i really want to hit this workout it's a 15 minute am wrap of burpees <laughs> at the zero one toe to bar at the one minute mark two toes to bar at the two minute mark three toes to bar etc until you finish the 15 minutes and your score is your burpees or you get capped by toes to bar within a given minute um, and those were the hardest toes to bar my life. The last set of 15 was like the hardest I can hold 15 on bro. Like I could probably do over 70 unbroken toes to bar. And that set of 15 was brutal. Brutal. Yeah. You know, if you, when you think back to all the different combinations at, especially for the open, there has never been burpees after toast to bar and toast or or toast to bar after burpee ever and that that movement combination is one of the most brutal one of the most redundant one that a lot of people don't think about how it's going to catch them by surprise 
main site posted a workout recently that Andrew did and posted um, where it was that combination. I think it was 12 burpees on the minute until you hit 60 toes to bar. Yeah. And I mean, that that's a beautiful combination. So, I mean, I, I, I like that workout. The only thing I don't like about it is why make people think at all starting with the zero with the one? Why not just let them do the same number of toes to bar as the minute that it is? One, I, two, I, three, four. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I, maybe I read it wrong and started the day. I, I taught the 530 and the seven and just started them off on the wrong foot, but that's how I did it. I know it was, and it was hard. Um, what was your score? 163 burpees. Um, this isn't true. I cut John Young's head off and pissed down his neck in that workout at the games. We did 100 cleaning jerks for time, increasing weights. 25 at 95, 25 at 135, 25 at 185, 25 at 225. And I blasted him. Um, oh, here we go. The Mason. So 163 burpees. And I had, I, what I was doing is I, like, I wasn't resting before toaster bar until minute 12 and 13. I like stopped at the 49 or 50 second mark to catch my breath because doing 13 and 14 unbroken, like the set of 12 unbroken was super hard. And I was like, Oh shit. If I don't get like 10 seconds to catch my breath, I might not be able to do these unbroken. So, or at least get the lactic acid out of my fucking arms. Um, so I rested there. And then after the set of 15 at the 14 minute mark, I finished all the way through, but I got, was getting like nine burpees on those two minutes. And then I got 13 on my last minute. Um, Here's the Mason Mitchell workout. 70 calorie ski, one mile run, 70 calorie bike erg. Rest five minutes, 70 calorie bike, one mile run, 70 calorie ski. Okay, let me take a picture of that. I got to do that. It looks like a savage workout. He asked me if I could go sub 32, and I was thinking, yes, but maybe I'm delusional. Ah, beautiful. He's right. John Young, if you're listening, you don't do CrossFit. You do zone two with some other bullshit. If you want some real shit. Hit me up, bro. I got you. Oh, here we go. What do you got, bro? James Townsend, a workout that only one athlete completed. That makes me not want to do it. Not lying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at a point in my career where this James, is if he tr- James, if he tries it, you have to at least tell us. You cut out. Uh-oh. If you friends. try it. Taylor. Yep. Am I still there? No. You're there now. If you try the workout, James has James has to tell us who who the who the athlete was that finished it. Should I tap? <laughs> this is a workout. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think long story short, training partners can be beneficial, but it depends on who they are and who you are. I think more than anything, like friendships matter. I think why me and Jason work so well even though we are at each other's throats so much is because we are really like, I care more about him than I care about my success as an athlete in CrossFit. And he has said that to me, it's hard to get close to semifinals and know that he's taking a spot and I want to take a spot and like truly believe that. But that just comes down to insecurity as a person. Like I, I think he wouldn't say that to me if it weren't true. And that means a lot. And that's the type of person that he is. Um, and we're really close. So I think that's why me and him work well together even when we're at each other's throats, like we can pound each other into the dirt, but be good for each other. That's not good for a lot of people. I think so, dude, what scares me more than anything would be like cat fighting, like women in training camps, like the passive aggressive type of shit. Fuck that. 
There's mm-hmm. no passive aggression across with Charlotte. So don't come up in here with that. Um, 10 minute EMOM, 10 thrusters, five bar facing burpees at 95. Easy. Five minute EMOM, rest five minutes. Another 10 minute EMOM, five thrusters at 135. Ooh. Ew. Word. All right. I'll try that next week. I'm on my uh, thruster training game. The workout yeah. I did this week that dicked me down was five sets, rest a minute between each. 12, 9, 6 thrusters at 95 pounds and chest to bar pull-ups. 135, 135. Just clapped me. Um, this is 150, so that's a good dose of volume. We'll see if I'm ready for that. Um, cool, bro. Yeah, dude, these, these days, people are so good at hanging gymnastics that these days when you see a workout like what you just described, it, it is the only thing that matters is thrusters. Like yeah. a, a one putting putting the same rep count on a 135, 95 thruster and one chest bar is crazy. Like it's not, it's at least two to one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that 1296 workout was at 95, not 135. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's I didn't saying. do 135 thrusters at 135, bro. <laughs> to tell I, thought, you that. I, I, I thought you said 135. No, yeah. 95. And 95, and it still clapped me. And not because I'm uh, I'm getting into like Fran shape. Like that's just a very unique stimulus. I think if you are nervous at all about a thruster or a movement that you have to sprint typically, you're not going to be good at it. And like front squatting, squat cleaning, or thrustering is the one thing that's been slowest to come along for my knee. So me being like having the balls to just fucking bounce out of the bottom. Um, so that was a really good workout because 95 has been feeling great, but it was at a speed and an intensity that just like fucking sprayed me with life source. And I was just obliterated afterward on the ground. Um, messed up after the fifth set, which was great and extremely sore afterward. <laughs> extremely sore. Um, Are you guys thinking about coming here this weekend or is he thinking about going there? Um, we are going through, um, I think we're going to try to come through cause we're going to Georgia to pick some of his stuff up. So I think we're trying to come through a Saturday on the way back. I'm going to talk to him about it. Jason really wants to. So we'll, we'll try to do that. Probably be like Saturday afternoon at some time. Okay, yeah, good. So I probably won't be there. Why is that good? No, you guys are, it's difficult to. You, you say how you work so well together, and all I'm thinking is how much of a headache it is when I'm around you both together. No, it's not. You laugh and you have fun. You have fun watching us bicker, dude. Don't even try to act you, like you don't. But you both try to get me to just agree with whatever your arguments are. Like coming up with workouts, how it's too favorite, it's, it's too skewed toward your side or toward his side. And it's just like, dude, I'm around my two kids every day. I don't need to be around two more. <laughs> Me, me and Jason, we were about to start this workout last weekend and he was like standing at the front and I'm on the turf, which is like probably 75 feet away. And I was like, all right, 10 seconds. And, and, and I didn't start the clock, but I just yelled that. And Jason's like, what? And uh, it made JR laugh. And that made me really happy. So with that, anything else? No, I think that's it. Um, yeah, thumbnails already made, I think. So next... Uh... Thumbnails ahead, bro. Next week, sussing or bussing, open year division version. Then Taylor versus the world preview. 
Oh, he said Mal was the only athlete to complete it three years ago. Uh, last thing, Jay, uh, you have – I have to pee so badly, so you can answer this quickly. Um, who is the fittest athlete besides her to attempt it? i got to pee so bad. Because if it was Philip or uh, Tudor, I feel kind of confident, even though Tudor is super strong. I, I've Like, my engine's really good. So, I mean, 14-5 and 16-5, though, usually the, the best in the sport, it, it can't – it's not fast enough to be aerobic, and it just ends up being a tricep workout. It's just like yeah. my I'm, my pressing is gone on the burpees and the thruster. So I wonder if, like, people can't finish it because of their base or people couldn't finish it because it just got to the point where the thrusters just got hard. I would think it's still just being able to dig on the burpee because oh. it's a five minute rest. Quan, Phil, Tudor, Dix. Oh, cool. I'll try it. We'll see. All right. Oh, I got to pee super bad. So right. I got to oh. go. I got to go get Lilia. Yeah. All right. See you, Thanks, Dad. Dad.